Vince agreed to let me go do things outside of wrestling. And uh, I had the chance to spend some time with him. He invited me to come to his place, and they're all there. Vince is there, and Pat Patterson, I don't know who else is there. And Vince said they've got ulterior motives. And uh, then he went and got Jerry Briscoe. We went in the shower, and he proceeded to have Jerry Briscoe from the backside. He was a real hard worker, just a grunty style. Like, he was grunt. So I was interested to get involved. And uh, I told him what I wanted to do, you know, have people put around me that could direct me effectively so I could go on and be successful at it and stuff. There were plenty of guys there, and it just grew. So we both let one another F it, F it, F it. And they were congratulating me, saying, man, that was awesome. This is really great. And uh, late that night, Linda came into the picture, and I said, this is unnatural, you know. I've just never been into any of that stuff. You know, women, you know, all that stuff and everything. That doesn't work for me. I almost fell on my knees and just started throwing up right there. And then uh, something told me to come. And he said, don't come. You don't need to come. And uh, I said, what do you mean don't come? It's what I wanted to do. And I didn't push it in their face. And he said, okay. It was unbelievable. It was a shoot. And I had incredible discipline. And uh, it was magic. Next morning, about 11.45, Vince eventually stepped in. He couldn't even walk right. He stepped in and said, I'm not doing this anymore. We're not doing this stuff. And uh, I was really surprised that he did that. Like he just wanted to keep going from one thing to the next. As long as somebody would stick it out. I mean, he had an addiction problem. And, uh, you know, I would have expected more.
Welcome back. It's the uh, New Blood Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> Today we're taking a look at Russell Palooza 98. Mm-hmm. I'm William Rinkin, joined, of course, by uh, Jason Keesler. How's it going, folks? Charlie Stabile. <laughs> I, I got nothing to say. And, and uh, Martin Dixon, of course, as well. Yes, hello. This is the cons- this show has been a conspiracy. I think I think it's rigged. I think this this episode <laughs> is rigged. Unless we finish it, then of no, course it was. It, you know, it's fine. It's rigged bigly. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody just needs to grab the show by the pussy and get it over yeah, with. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. But uh, no, it's crazy how we. I've never. I've never had this many false starts to <laughs> begin a show in my life. Technically, but well, hopefully it's over. But it's. But uh, as we said, we're back to do WrestlePalooza 98 as we're moving forward in the 1998 calendar year of um, of ECW. And uh, I-, I think we'll just get it out of the way right off the bat, man. This is this show's a big pile of shit. It's not, it's not very it, good. I mean, let's just, we're just... <laughs> Whose phone? <laughs> it's my phone, but the phone's not making any noise. That's oh, you don't think it is, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's not. <laughs> Dude, we hear that thing as clear as a bell. Must suck to be you, then. Oh, no, it sucks to be our listeners. That's what it sucks to be. And they're okay. So, Do you listen to this show? <laughs> like, like when he when he puts it out? Okay, because when you're in the car no, no, and it's I like don't. 2 o'clock in the morning, and you just, oh, yeah, oh, yeah Rob Van Dam. Oh, fuck. Mm. So this show, WrestlePalooza, like we like coming off where we were, you know, I, last month we were at Living Dangerously, right? And for all intents and purposes, it was okay. I don't think we were like, I don't think we disliked it. Too, did we or did we? I forget. It was. Uh, we, it, it, it felt was distinctly average. I think November to remember was the one we were kind of like, oh, like that one felt, yeah. Uh, yeah. So bouncing back with this one. I, Expectations were a little bit higher because I was hoping for the best, and well, we ended up with what we ended up. But let's just dive into this because we're going to have so much snarky comments. It's going to be out the wazoo here. So, Russell Palooza '98. We are in fittingly the Cobb County uh, Civic Center. If you ever take. Improved a thousand percent if it had the boss man on it. Or, well, yeah, there's an arrest. Why is there no? <laughs> All right, so you know, I, and we've got a special one for the credits. So just get ready for that one because that one's going to be even better. Yes, yes, that one's going to be fantastic. <laughs> so. 
the what was um I was hoping they'd bring Bossman out. For I that know Legends of Hardcore. Well, exactly. Like, like <laughs> what a missed opportunity. Even though he's not, but it's like it's Jake Roberts. Yeah, I <laughs> or, mean, sorry, it's Big Bossman. Bossman. <laughs> all right, so I'm trying to remember here. Did he leave in 2000 in WWF for like a bit before they brought him back in 02? What the feud with uh, Big Show? Yeah, because I think like I, I know he was there in '99. He was part of the corporation. Yeah. He's with the corporate ministry. I think right. he won the tag titles with Ken Shamrock. He was a hardcore champion. He was a it, champion of he champions. He is a hardcore legend. Oh yeah, but I think like he it just wasn't a hardcore legend in 1998. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, wasn't he still Big Bubba? Well, the biggest of the Bubba's in WCW. In '95, he was. Yeah. So he he, he fly. He, goes, he made a event of the first Nitro. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's but, Ray Trailer at this point, I think, because I think he's where he's doing the six-man tag with the Steiners. This isn't 2000. Like, I mean, well, okay, 98. I'm sorry. I was thinking of in, – uh, he took a break in he shows 2000, up around, I think. Yeah, he shows up around November yeah, uh, for Survivor For Survivor So he shows up November 98. And he could I, be the guardian angel at this point. So, yeah, at this point, 90, uh, in 98, I think – all right, so wait, wait, wait. the last thing I remember, he was doing the – it was the bit with Scott Steiner. He feuded with him because, remember, everybody was like – as soon as Scott Steiner went to the NWO, it was like, well, we got – if I beat him in a match, he'll come back, of course. Well, no. First of all, you're not going <laughs> to beat that, him in a match ever. Yeah, that's how wrestling works. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, I remember, like, in WCW, he was Bubba – the boss, he did do the boss for a bit. The guardian angel, yep, and then Ray and then trailer. just and then just retreat. I'm out of it. Yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah, fuck and, it. It's street clothes. And for a time, it was the biggest of the bubbas. Right. Right. Dusty, Dusty Rhodes. So now that we got we have because that was prerequisite. As soon as I saw Cobb County Civics, I was of course uh, you got it. I've do never that. taken a trip. <laughs> <laughs> so we start off. Um, after the opening video here, we're in the middle of the entrance of the FBI for all uh, – For what's crazy is like I think we saw last time it seemed like there was some tension in the group. But now it seems like everything's fine, including with uh, Thomas Rich. He was, in the, well, he was in the York Foundation. He did that. So, I mean, oh, come on. But um, they're out here tonight because we've got the FBI versus Supernova and the Blue Meanie. Here's an opener for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it gets better. Yeah, well. it's a. I mean, this is a decent opener. I'm not going to say it's like the the worst, but it it just goes to show you that FBI is just kind of reserved to be like your your te- your jobber tag team. It this feels like. like an opener for like I want to say an early '90s, late '80s WWF show. It does. They're like we're yeah. here to have a good time. I'm like, <laughs> I love when the FBI gets they they get tricked almost into doing their tag team move with another guy. Like, oh no, we're doing that elbow together. The you're not on my, on you're, you're not on my team. What about Italian? <laughs> well, neither is Tommy Red. <laughs> but um, just to, the the low point of this match for me, and then we're gonna bat this one around. You have a low point. I have one too. I'm ready. It, it's this referee when he body slams yeah. the FBI. That was my low point. <laughs> when, the, when the when the referee has 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 assaulted you, how could you trust him to count for you? Like at that point, I'd be like, I'm just leaving. Because uh, if if I do a move and I go to cover it, I can't trust that you who just body slammed me are going to give me an honest pinfall. I would so, take this to the top of corporate. Oh, I'd be hey, Jack Tunney, <laughs> Jack Tunney. <laughs> anyway, all right. So Jason, start us off here. Tell me what you thought of um, of this opener here: FBI versus Nova and Blue Meanie. Well, I for one liked the referee body slamming them. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
No, I didn't. But if the crowd seemed to really like it. They're like, oh, hey, something exciting as opposed to the dance-off that okay, happened. So, that everyone danced for yeah. four seconds. Everyone. That's pretty awful, too. That I Yes, okay. So I think if there were multiple low points, that would be the other one. So it's like a good call. Show, That's right? a good call. And the uh, I, I did like the big Italian flag with Tommy Rich's face on it. <laughs> I, I thought that was hilarious. Um, I was like, there's there's some some good stuff in here though. Well, like a lot of good setups, like the the choke slam setup that was an atomic drop. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of weird. That was cool. Like everyone does a choke slam in the '90s. Like if you're over like six two. And then it's like this guy who's not over 6'2 is going to choke slam a guy, but instead he just like, oh, I'm going to get your nuts. Um, and it, it's weird. I, I did something that I noticed that bugs me about stuff now when you listen to older wrestlers bitch about people not selling. Like uh, everyone was, all the older wrestlers were tweeting during Hell in a Cell that they thought it was stupid with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens no selling each other's super kicks. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Nova takes a super kick that's combined with a Russian leg sweep at the same time and kicks out at one. Yeah. <laughs> and this is 98. So it's like a, you know, so people have been no selling since these, the people that are bitching about it now were performing. Oh, of Dude, course. Yeah. Oh, of course. I mean, uh, it, uh, on, a, on a bigger point of that, the worst thing that could happen was letting old wrestlers get a hold of social media because now like <laughs> it, it's cause it's damaged. Like, like for me, like I, I hate saying it, but and I've said it before, uh, Br- Bret Hart. Even though like he's in the, he's obviously in Canton. His jersey's in the rafters. Like he's an all timer. He's one of my all time favorites. He's on a Mount, my Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, absolutely. But I'm, re- I, I really don't like hearing him talk about wrestling as much anymore because it just seems like it's the same old like. You did criticism read that he that he uh, took back what he said about the Freebirds. Yeah. I guess Which I thought was interesting. Drunk. Yeah, or, he never um, takes anything. Um, um, um. He just kind of shrugs his shoulders. Out. That's that's and so that's why Jason, I, I think you're exactly right. Like that's kind of the sad thing, though, is that um, there are these inconsistencies, like terrible inconsistencies, especially in ECW, because those guys are going a million miles a minute in some of these matches, and they're not selling as much as well. They like to say they were now. You know, like oh yeah, we were selling like crazy back then when I smashed your <laughs> smash you in the face with that pot. You know, you were done, pal. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like There's a, a terrible example of this that I will give out about later in the show. Yeah, that's good. Uh, a big highlight for me, though, during this match was the guy walking around in the crowd with the blows goats sign. Uh, <laughs> it's, and the, and I was getting excited because, you know, we'd already discussed how, how, how low our expectations would be for the show. And when I see the group of juggalos in the crowd, yep. I'm going, "Oh God, yes, crowd activity!" And then they don't do anything the whole night. They, I was, I was so disappointed. Uh, the juggalos let me down. My last point for the match is uh, Supernova's finishing move, the Nova King, with Joey Styles saying "One shot and you feel nothing." That's pretty good. Yeah. I like that yeah. too. Yeah, uh, but uh, it should her Karana, But you know, I don't know what it. I don't remember what it was. Anybody remember what the move actually was? Uh, it was a flatliner. Yeah. Flat down, uh, yeah, a or downward spiral. Or downward spiral when Edge had it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nine Inch Nails. No, downward. No. Um, I like the, the call of Italian leg sweeps. Yeah. I thought that was that was kind of cool. There's nothing really different about it, but I like that. And uh, I th- I th- as soon as I heard YMCA, I was like, this is no good. But I did like that they were able to 
get the crowd into it and have them do YMCA. Which that's I another thing. Was very strange. But. Yeah, because that's another one of those things. Like, oh, ECW is so hard, and all these guys. Exactly. Yeah. You guys, you guys did a group dance and singing of. <laughs> you did Wayne's World too. Yeah. Unironically. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's 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 not good. If this was a different company, a different show, even a different time period. Because uh, I think it would come off a lot better. Because, like I said, this feels like it's almost a family show. Watching this match, yeah. And I like these wrestlers. I love Supernova. Oh, uh, Simon Dean. Like he was a very underrated. The, the wrestler. match felt like it was a show. And like once again, this was the same thing with when Jerry Lynn and mm. Chris Chetty were together in a match just like this. Where like this feels more like a showcase. Mm. Like, do you see this guy? Do you see him? Well, he's going to be something someday. That's why we're throwing him here. These jobbers. Sorry, guys, but that's that's what they kind of are. Martin, did you have anything you wanted to add to it? This was utter trash. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> this is precisely my line of wacky bullshit, and the fact that it happens in ECW makes it somehow funnier for me. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's right up there with some of those columns that from uh, wrestling in the Clinton years. Yeah, um, I I will admit to. Liking, you know, how just weird this was. Um, the ref stuff, I thought, was completely ludicrous. And, yeah, it's kayfabe shattering. I imagine, you know, Jim Cornette having, like, an aneurysm and a bowel movement, if he ever saw that. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Good um, it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> I'm amazed at how similar to the hurricane supernova is. Yes. Or, you I, know, how, yeah. much the, how much Helms took... May have taken from that, or was inspired by it. Right. I, it's like, I was thinking of this, thinking, "Wow, I'd love to see them like interact, you know, as those characters. Like, you know, which, which one of them's the sidekick kind of deal?" Oh, just yeah. throwing this out there, Martin. There is, I have it. There is a Supernova action figure from the original ECW line. Oh wow! Yeah, it's it's one of the better ones. You can do the Nova Kane and everything. I, it's a it's a really good figure. No, it's not like the. The original ones, it's one of the good ones that I've got. Well, there were two kinds. There was like there was the one with, with, that looked like he had a knife in his back, but that was just the <laughs> yeah to move his arm up and down like an idiot. <laughs> and then there's there were the ones like the Taz figure you have, which has that yeah. weird thing on the back. That's what Nova had. So, ah, he, cool. so he could take back bumps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So as we move as we move past this one now, we go right um, we go to Joey uh, Joey Styles now. He's gonna hype up like the next installment of the Mikey Whipwreck Just Incredible series. So this video pack, just like all the other ones, get they, they get a little I'm not gonna say confusing, but they throw a lot at you in terms of narration. Right. Like whereas like as we've come to know with our WWF ones, like they're very crisp. They especially like when you get to Mania time and they're these oh. you know the production value on this is is amazing. With these, like it just seems like Heyman writes out like this is what happened. I'm gonna bump, 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 just throws like a bunch of narration at you. But it's great because this feud has been really good. We've seen now um, a couple of installments of this already. So I guess, for lack of a better, I guess this is our rubber match, so to speak. Or maybe this feels more like our blow-off of this. But um, uh, it leads us into our next match here with both of them. And we have, uh, of course, Justin Credibles coming out with uh, with Jason and uh, Chastity. You know, Jason was a... Uh Enhancement talent back in the early 90s, WWF. Oh, yeah? Who was he? Yeah. His name was Jason. Like, 
That was it. Just, yeah, just I Jason? I don't think he, just Jason. I don't think he had a last yeah, name. Just Joe? <laughs> <laughs> but that's apparently where he comes from. Um, is Mikey Whipwreck in this time period, because it's mentioned later and I totally forgot about it, is he still being portrayed as an underdog? Alright, so this is the All trick. throughout this parent, yes. Yeah. It's so bizarre because, yeah, he's a former ECW World Heavyweight Champion. Right. And right. Yeah, because I think they, they, uh, Joey Styles mentioned Steve Austin, which yeah. we'll get to that in a minute because there's some bullshit in there. But uh, yeah, it, it, it's just—I mean, you know, he's an underdog. He's got—he's got leg problems. Oh, but he is a former ECW World Champion. You're like, well, no, that, no, wait a minute. It shouldn't be that un- unlikely to think that he could get a win here. This show has—that happens multiple times in the show where we're trying to sell that somebody is this. When you and then when you look at him, you're like, that doesn't fit what you're selling me. Well, it's like John Cena. He was an underdog for like eight years, and then he just for like one night jumped over it into Big Match John. <laughs> There's nothing in between. All right, right, Big Match John. No one has the knack of winning long, fucking, boring ass matches quite like he does, except for Triple H. Oh, uh, yeah. not, tri- not lately. <laughs> <laughs> so. This was I enjoyed this quite a bit. I think this one's pretty cool. The way this ends up, the finish of this with uh, one uh, that's incredible turned into another for just incredible to get the win on. I think it's a tombstone on the chairs. I think this I is think. the match of the night. It's close. I think our I I think mine's later. I, okay, but but I, I this really one was like right this there. match. This is a solid one. I like that just incredible is wearing a shirt that says I hate this town. Because it completely negates him having to do the stereotypical heel promo. Yeah. yeah. I'll just wear his shirt. He can, that's, that's expedient. That is that is incredibly efficient of the man. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the scare, there's a scary spot in this match where Just Incredible, if, I, I, I think it was a kid, he goes ass first yeah. into a child. Like in the front row. Are you talking about, well, the, uh, is that the same spot with the chair where he throws the chair at Mikey and then it hits like... Oh no, Mikey threw the goes chair, into, oh, and it went over Credible's yeah, head. And then Joey Styles like, oh, it got got Credible right in the back of the head. I'm like, <laughs> physics, man. There's no way that happened. It's like the magic bullet. It's right, but Credible creamed that kid. Yeah, because he got like flipped over the rail and. Oh, fuck. He's such a good character because his Credible? heat is awesome. I love Justin Credible. The heat he gets is awesome, and what's just really fun is that he is just. Uh, a lot more talented than you would have thought when he was in WWE. Oh, absolutely. A lot more talented. Jason, what what did you think of this one? Well, I, Charlie kind of pinpointed out, and all you guys did with all the random crowd incidents, I had dubbed this the fuck you crowd match because <laughs> they were all over them. Um, I like how Joey Styles wants to talk about uh, good old Mikey Whitbreak's chronic leg injury, or excuse me, chronic knee injury. Mm-hmm. Like You can't have a chronic knee injury. Like that just that means your knee is injured, you know, repeatedly, um, as opposed to just a consistent one. Uh, there's another good sign that says "ban the leg drop." Oh, <laughs> yeah, because yeah. this was that's true. This was the ban the power bomb era in, in yes, WCW. It was. So that's, yes. yeah. that that kind of fits. I, it yeah, was another big good. another big era going on in WCW because uh, got it written down. They start. I think it's during this match. They start chanting "Free Ric Flair." Yeah. What's that? So because this is. During the time where he was uh, not fired because he didn't go to a, a Thunder taping or so that he could go to one of Reed's wrestling matches. So right. Bischoff was suspending him and there was all the rumors that 
Ric Flair was trying to go to the WWF and that he was at one of the pay-per-views waiting in the car for trying to get the attorneys to figure out a way to get get him out of his contract and stuff and then they never did so he just didn't go in that paper like all kinds of crazy that's unforgiven 98 that was in greensboro the one where austin fought dude love the first one yeah and because there is a substantial flare chant during that show i think once again if you go back I to the raw attitude pod when they because henry just cruised through this the, he talks about it and even jim ross's commentary you know, as Jason was talking about, like, they kind of alluded to it that there might be, like, he mentioned, like, he flat out mentioned Nature Boy Ric Flair because it was going to be Flair Country. So it was almost like the signs were there that, like, they were going to, they were good, they were going to get, I mean, it would have been, I mean, massive. That would have been massive. Isn't oh, that the yeah. same building that they did start the first Starcade in? I, I'm pretty sure. Martin, do you know that? Is it the first one? Yeah, I think, I think so. Because it was in Greensboro. Yeah, it must be the Greensboro Coliseum. And that's a good pay-per-view. I, I, it's solid, yeah. yeah. I think it's that pretty solid. spot. Man, that was shocking. Yeah, definitely. Um, Martin, go into your kind of thoughts on this one, too. Uh, um, well, my first th- weird feeling was a, a weird hit of nostalgia because I uh, one of my favorite WCW pay-per-views is Spring Stampede 99, and Chastity is on that as Raven's sister, quote-unquote, like his valet. And I never, ever, ever knew that she was in ECW. I got this weird nostalgia hit for something that hasn't happened in the timeline yet. But yeah, she was in WCW for a, like a, about two, three weeks or so, like a, a month, until someone found out there was a video of her on the internet doing magic tricks with short stubby objects and making them disappear. Well, um, let's go to the video uh, tape. Let's open up the Chrome browser <laughs> and uh, find yeah. a way. Martin, is that the... Uh, um, as far as the match the, the match is great, although there's some weird moments on commentary when Joey Styles basically fillets the Stone Cold Stunner and how similar it is to the Whippersnapper. Well, he does that, and then he, he goes, and I'm, I'm fine with that, but then he goes so far as it, his trail gets more bizarre. You know, he's like, oh, Steve Austin once challenged Mikey Ripwreck for the ECW title and lost. Some people think that Stone Cold got the Stunner from Mikey Whippersnapper. Nobody thinks that. No, <laughs> no, he, he was not doing that move. No, it was, it was, it was uh, Doc Hendricks. Someone's like, "Hey, man, yeah, that, that's hey, the story." I'm gonna try to sing that song, Japan. <laughs> yeah, about <laughs> a million dollar dream. <laughs> but yeah, the, the match is great. Um, I noticed that Credible does the Shawn Michaels turnbuckle spot. Yeah, yeah, which I imagine didn't exactly endear him to Shane Douglas. No, because it was this. I, I remembered that. Credible when he was in the WWF as Aldo Montoya. He was like on the fringes of the clique. That's what we said. Right. He's the clique member that wasn't really he was official. The, yeah, yeah he was, I imagine exactly. that not going over well with Shane Douglas. And I, I wonder if there's any stories about if, you know, if there was any friction between the two because of that. Credible's a much better wrestler. Than uh, he's, he, he, was oh. the, he was the head of the clique B team. Can you imagine them? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> click black and white. So, so who's on click B team? <laughs> if Justin Incredible's the leader. So let's see. Now, well, uh, uh, probably not Chris Candido. No. Who was in it? I bet fucking Virgil's in it. <laughs> Virgil and his 22 inch dick. Whatever he says. He says some not. Whatever. <laughs> Wait, 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 22? I'm, I don't know. He made some... Is it like, like 12 when it's flaccid? Why isn't he earning money as a tripod? I, I know. All right. He can hold up lots of cameras at sporting events. 
but uh, to Charlie's point, I think it's damn near match of the night. I think it's they're they have great chemistry together. Mm-hmm. It's been a good feud because remember, I, I was into the story they, of the match. They, they had initially, initially built this feud as like these are two young up, up and comers. They had built almost both of them as underdogs in a way because remember they just incredible gotten that win over what was the Japanese star, which was a big big deal. <laughs> 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 Uh, Masato Tanaka? No, he didn't beat Masato Tanaka. I, I forget who it was. It was the great Sasuke. That's it. He got that win, and like they promoted that. Like That was a very big deal to get that. That was like as big as 1-2-3 kid beating Razor Ramon in some ways. No, never beat him. But, but, um, and then, with, of course, Mikey. Mikey's had that kind of underdog story built up from the beginning. So it was neat to see how it, it kind of evolved to where, like by the end of it, I didn't think Justin Credible was an underdog at all. In fact, I thought he was no. like the next guy. He's dominating. Yeah. So... All right, so as we move on from this now, um, we go to we go to Joey in the booth. Who's uh, he gets interrupted by uh, Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten, who uh, calls Candido a pussy, who is whipped uh, a pussy whipped sissy. I apologize, I did not get that out correctly. A pussy whipped sissy. Oh, it gets worse. It does get worse. <laughs> they're calling out Candido and Storm, who you know they're they're still the champs. They still don't like each other, but nevertheless, as the champs, they've got people coming after them. So. When uh, I thought this was funny because they're up in the commentary booth, but they're like, all right, well, let's just bring them out now. Because this was fascinating because usually we hadn't seen this with ECW yet where you've got guys in the commentary. Mm-hmm. They're going to come down and do a match because I wonder, how are they going to get down from there? Well, it looked like Candido and Storm were calling their bluff and Balls and Axel weren't expecting that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, well I just got, love it. like, excuse me, pardon I, me. I really don't want to hear your ACDC song. Dude, I want to hear my ACDC. the battle of the ACDC songs. <laughs> like, three of them for everybody. <laughs> But that leads us into our match. So we have the grudging uh, team here of Chris Candido and Lance Storm defending their tag titles against um, Axel Rotten and Balls Mahoney. Uh, Candido and Storm are going to pick up the win here, grudgingly, of course, and brawl afterwards. So I- I'm not, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of notes on this. I wrote not terrible, not great was kind of my uh, review of this match overall. Jason, starting with you, what did you think of this? Um, I just have fuck tags. Yep. Um, <laughs> yep. And then uh, Balls Mahoney is really good at working the crowd. Yeah. Like, really good. Like, you don't realize, like, he's, like, eight, and it is in an 80s way, where he just gets the crowd to start clapping and, and really get into what he's doing. But you don't see a lot of a lot of people play to the crowd like that in ECW. Mm-hmm. It's more they'll get people over with doing a move or turning around and verbally assaulting the crowd to get heat. He's it's just really cool to see him do that. Um, I'm like you. It's like this is probably the most mediocre match of the night because it's just perfectly average, which is a shame because it involves Lance Storm. Um, but I mean, it, this this story with Lance and and Chris Candido, thank God, will be over by next pay per view. But right. You know, it, it's kind of confusing because, you remember, I was confused for a little bit because last pay-per-view was the big who's Lance Storm's tag team partner mm-hmm. to fight Chris, you know, because they hated each other bullshit. And then, you know, Lance Storm sucked Chris Candido's dick in the middle of the ring, gave him head, and then it was over. Uh, but, yeah, that's the reason I'm meandering is I don't have hardly any notes on this. I don't at all. Yeah, I mean, it's... You've got a lot no, I haven't. It's it's this match was perfectly fine, but just no, it didn't move the needle either way for me. Right. Uh, there's a couple of things yeah. that I liked. Uh, they start doing a skip chant on Chris Candido, and, and yeah, and Candido gets on the second rope, 
and he starts doing this. He does the Barry Horowitz back slap. Yeah. Yeah, which I thought was was uh, clever. He does a fantastic uh, standing suplex to um, Axel Rotten. And I loved it. I was just, I marked out for it. But then I was immediately taken out of it when the crowd started chanting, you take steroids. Which I, I think he did. So oh. I was like, oh, well that, okay. If he didn't, no, I, I would be surprised. Well, but especially when but you yeah. compare the way he looks on this show as opposed to the next show. He looks completely different in the next show. Right. Like far more jacked. But either way, I'm actually, as, as average as I think this match is, and that's it, it's average. <laughs> Someone hit a bomb. <laughs> that, that was me. Um, not very, not very, uh, not very cleverly moving my mic to cough. To <laughs> to wrap it up uh, for me, I I'm actually really starting to like Chris Candido in the company. Like I think he was a really good wrestler. He had a good look, and he had a, a fair amount of charisma. But this storyline with Lance Storm feels like it's gone on. Probably, I want to say you would have felt like last month long. was the or yeah. last pay per view was really the end of it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's you, time for Lance Storm to do something different, right? Yeah, because he's you, as much as I like Candido now, Storm is the star here. Because I mean, I, if I remember right, like WCW did this match with Sting and the Giant, where they, where they where they were they were they were the tag champs, mm-hmm. but then they were on up the and then they eventually, I think it was like a Great American Bash, like, all right, we're gonna have a match. Whoever wins this gets both tag belts. That's it, and that and and they ended it. Not saying it was the greatest storyline in the world by any means. But it, uh, it, it, they at least ended it just logically. All right, well, we've had we've had a couple bullshit tags with you guys having you know guys with a chance put on opposite teams. Well, let's end this thing now. This just feels I, I don't understand the purpose of it being here. But thankfully, as we talk about live next month, it'll be out of the books. But the one thing it does go to show with what we've seen with Just Incredible and now with both Lance Storm and Chris Candido, there's a hell of a mid card that's coming together. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. hell of a mid-card coming The company out. is getting stronger yeah. uh, from the inside, and uh, which totally makes sense because seeing some of those shows that happen later on, you know, in years past, and the shows are phenomenal. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they have a great card all the way through. Hey, what's going on here? <laughs> I've seen such a... I don't know why. What was that? <laughs> wow. <laughs> what the fuck was that? It just yeah. played, it played an ad. That was awesome. An ad on Skype? I, I guess so. All right, no, but it's, it's, it's like that the guys. Hey, Are we going? sponsored? I like how the, I just like that the guys said, "Hey, was that the surprise?" <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> Y'all talking about Chris Candido? <laughs> Free Rick Flair. Don't don't forget use the promo code New Blood Pod to save fifty cents off every pack of Tampax that you purchase. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! How, okay, how that that's pretty <laughs> bad. If we're selling Tampax and our name's New Blood, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty it's fucking fun. bad. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but um, all right. So as we move on from this, we go to our go to our plug for the magazine. We get the plug for the next pay per view, Heat Wave '98. We go now to the pre tape. We is this this was pre tape, and this yeah. another one feels like a very non ECW type of. Moment, but it's not ECW bad. I mean, who shits on tradition and right. and shits on right. current companies that are that are more mainstream. Let's respect some legends tonight. <laughs> uh, what the hell? Why not? So they bring out what they call extreme stars of the past, including Junkyard Dog, which was Did awesome. You mark? Oh man, I, 
Because is this his last televised appearance? I think it, I, 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 yeah, I, I imagine it's not too long after that he has these car accidents. Yeah. So, uh, so you have J, JYDU comes out. They bring out Dirty Dick Slater. They bring out the mass superstar. <laughs> And then uh, Bullet Bob Armstrong, which the thing that I just I, – I had to write down because I just thought about how intense it was. He wrestled a match with a shattered face. <laughs> shattered face. As soon as they said that, I'm like, whoever's coming out, I'm looking at his face. It looks pretty good. Okay. Isn't that Road Dogg's dad? Y- yeah. Yes. Okay. So, like, I – because I, I, that was another thing I was thinking. I was like, I wonder if he's going to do something that's like a Road Dog thing. Because, you know, obviously he's huge at the time. Mm-hmm. Road Dog will probably be, like over the next couple of years, be as big as he'll ever be. So I just kept thinking he would. But when I heard that, he, he wrestled with a shattered face. I was like, <laughs> Jesus, did Goldust kick him in the face? Was that the new Shattered Dream? Just, <laughs> 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 Put your face on the turnbuckle. <laughs> hey there. All right, so. Oh, go ahead. I, I, I like someone in the tree of war and then wound up for the kick, I'd mark. <laughs> oh yeah! Like, what's he gonna do? <laughs> um, the th- what's weird about this though is we go from a pre-tape segment of Joey in the ring to Joey being back in the ring. <laughs> My brain couldn't adjust to this. <laughs> and this this is where I get a little confused oh, with. Pers- this is where I get a little confused with. How you're talking about the underdog thing. How you can say all this and you can build this up, but then I see the person you're talking about and then they talk and I realize these things don't align at all. Because here, Joey gets in the ring and he runs through the injuries that Shane Douglas has before bringing him out. Shane then cuts a promo on wrestling through injuries and throws shade on many wrestlers with guaranteed contracts. He shoots on Shawn Michaels for not wrestling him with an injury and that the IC belt meant shit in wrestling. And then he gets a little geographically sound and trashes WCW and Dick Flair, who sucks Bischoff's ass. He then says everyone's kids, grandkids, and great-grandkids will remember this night. Well, we don't. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> the most entertaining part is when he's talk- He's going on and on, and it's like, oh my god. But when he gets to Ric Flair, you just if you see Joey Styles, he, Joey, Joey Styles just slowly face palms. <laughs> Like, oh, here he goes again. <laughs> Shit. That, too, and, and it's Atlanta. You're not going to get, especially with what you just heard, you're not going to get the right kind of heat. Legends. <laughs> we love him. I know. It, 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 again, though, like, Joey spends all this time going through the injuries, and it's supposed to be like, oh, man, like, this is, uh, I, damn, man, like, I, I should be feeling for this guy. I should have some sympathy for him. But then he comes out and he cuts, like, the biggest asshole promo on the plan, and I, yeah. I, I didn't write it down, but usually these begin with cut the fucking music. That's what he said. Yeah, which yeah. Is, word for word. Wouldn't it be great? Fast forward the fucking feed. Wouldn't it be great if he's in Target and the music's playing and then he has to get on the undercover? <laughs> cut the it's, fucking music. It's 9.59. <laughs> and the franchise. <laughs> he starts cutting down on other department stores. <laughs> 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 you know, you know when you go to the Walmart, you got to show an ID before you can take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> They've got McDonald's. We've got Starbucks. It'd <laughs> be great if you cut a promo about the bathroom like rules in Target. Yeah. You you you're so good at, at Photoshop. Maybe you should make a 
a Shane Douglas standing next to the new Target dog that they like to promote, or just on a t-shirt. I think it'd be really cute. I'm imagining he's, he's standing on the register. <laughs> on Black Friday, too. Can you imagine him just on Black Friday, just like... You know why they call it Black Friday? <laughs> oh, no, no, we don't want to know. <laughs> Cut the fucking mic. Cut it. All employee meetings start off, they, you just sit there for the full four minutes with that purple that song just playing Darn and it comes out <laughs> the employee of the month is me <laughs> you can take this promotion and shove it up your ass <laughs> I never learned how to cuss dicks up tit you know just Tourette syndrome Chick Douglas I sprained my wrist from checking out all those items yesterday you know I never got a fair shot at Ace Hardware I didn't call in sick I'm looking at you Gary he's got a he's got a core group of employees that he looks for you're my triple threat all 20 of you you're my triple threat oh god Cause, I mean, but that's just the problem with this shit. It's just like, God damn, man. Like, it, I'm supposed to feel sympathy for this guy, but then he just projects himself as just, just the biggest dick ever. And, uh, yeah. and then, like, and then it just gets better here because, all right, so, man, he's battling through these injuries. Well, then Taz comes out in his <laughs> FTW shirt and jeans. And about done, eh? Which, by the way, Taz, my autocorrect calls him Tax. <laughs> Wait, tax is in tax or tax is in thumbtack? T A X. I don't know what this thing is correcting towards, but tax thinks he's the uncrowned champ. Shane tells oh, someone. I've, right in my head now, I've got Taz in the IRS gear. <laughs> <laughs> the most miserable son of a bitch on the planet. Well, no wonder. <laughs> Sense. <laughs> he works for the IRS. It's the Tad's mission is now called the audit. The- <laughs> 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 All right, so what's hilarious, though, is Shane tells somebody, and I don't know who, to sit down and shut the fuck up. That is good. Whoa. <laughs> Look at you, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep using your PTO hours, you lazy bum? <laughs> Tax then tells him he'll take a shit Shane, in the girl's bathroom. Hey, it's so funny. He tells him to go ahead and hand the belt over. Shane tells him to get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I, I mean, I, I'm not making this up. Like that's what's great is he's literally dropping these words. Shane, I guess I wrote. I write with a question mark. Agrees to the match. A match apparently. Taz immediately puts him in the Taz mission, and our great underdog champion is tapping immediately. I mean, and then he starts coughing up blood. Yeah. uh, Why? All right. Can he punch him a couple times? (laughs) Well, it's. I think we're supposed to. That goes with his uh, broken palate or whatever he has because he's like he's bleeding in his mouth or something. Oh yeah, broken palate. Yeah, with all the shit you just talked, like, and that's what Will's saying, where we're supposed to feel sorry for him. Like, that's what I wanted to see. Like, this guy yeah. who just talked so much shit was just immediately beat up where he's bleeding from his mouth. It works. 
You know, those those, those potatoes that I had down at McAllister's Deli were a little al dente. Broke my palate, but it's not stopping me from being here. <laughs> Did I leave work and go home? No. Franchise. Looking at you, Gary. <laughs> 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 Gary Flair. <laughs> it's just the object of all of That would be your name. <laughs> Can you remember? It's such a good song. I love that song. And he times it so well. Yeah, he comes out at the right moment. Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Mm. All right. So what I love, though, is that as we're seeing Shane spitting up the blood, we've got Taz out in the parking lot. And what I love, <laughs> what I love, what I love about this is we've got, they're, they're trying to, they've arrested him, they're putting him in the car. Oh, I love that he, he breaks the windows of that shitty cop car. And then the good thing, though, is in every other wrestling show, Cop car just stays there. Like, oh, we'll just, right. we'll just, you know, we should wait. probably hit the gas. And finally, <laughs> roll them around a little bit back there. <laughs> it actually takes off. But I just looked at that car. I was like, what shitty security? What shitty cops have this car? I mean, this thing looks like it came from the impound lot. It's amazing. It's, it's funny because Taz, I love Taz, but he, he is a small guy. And it's very oh, yeah. evident when they muscle him into the car. He's just, You'll never take me alive! <laughs> so, I mean, I, I guess I just like the consistency of at least someone never take a trip. <laughs> That's who should have came out to get him. Oh, no. That, that, that would have been so good if out of nowhere, all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> If he, on, on top of that, if he come running out like he used oh, to do, oh, oh man, and he could run and he could haul. It's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so and they could they could have set that shit up if he was part of the legends segment that they just did. He was already there. Oh man, been perfect. They would have blown. I mean, the roof would have exploded. Yeah, it would have been the pop of the yeah. night if they had somehow gotten the big boss man. This would be a much more enjoyable no. show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So how pissed off Shane Douglas is is he's out popped by just the big boss oh, man doing a cameo. I, I cannot I cannot wait. I'm so excited for when we get to Heat Wave and Shane is visibly getting just jealous as he's watching Rob Van Dam Sabu and like those like that tag oh. match and they are just killing it. And he's like You're not well, talking, Shane. Oh well, you're taking are you writing a book? <laughs> we'll we'll get to that <laughs> with the next show. But um We've got a... I, does Bam Bam come out, like, instantly? Bam Bam attacks yeah. Taz. Yeah, he attacks Taz, yeah. And then mm-hmm. that, we just, that just leads us right into our next match, which is uh, a real barn burner, folks. We've got Bam Bam Bigelow versus New Jack in his first singles match on our podcast. Well. The, uh, the Battle of the Bam <laughs> Yeah. What, what did Bam Bam do to deserve, like, this placement on the card? Like, he is... I think this is his peak. Is in terms of his career, yeah. is his run in ECW, like he is the dominating, like imposing big guy that he should have always been. Now we, it'll come up later, but Bam Bam is no longer the television champion. Right. As Rob Van Dam, like, like I just snuck it off of him. It seemed like I just wish that match was on paper. I know, I know. That is a great yeah. match. It's a triple threat. No, it's or it's, it's, it's it him and Bam Bam and Sabu comes out to help him. Right, but I've seen that match like ten times. It's very good. Yeah. <clears throat> so we've got a. 
Well, the one thing is, at least when New Jack's music hits, he's coming out to the ring. We don't have to wait. Like, you know, he's not going to be five minutes late like he is for every tag match he's in. But he tosses a bunch of shit in the ring. Bam Bam immediately attacks. This one's just, I mean, it's going to end up with Bam Bam hitting probably the worst greetings from Asbury Park ever to get the win. So to kind of bridge our way there. <sighs> All right, so I guess the first thing I've written down is Godzilla doll on the Bam Bam's crotch. It's perfect. Yeah, that's my exact my first note. <laughs> that mine too. Godzilla to the dick. Because it's timely. It <laughs> Just like WWF yeah. was promoting Godzilla because right. of uh, the Roland Emmerich flick, now ECW is doing it, and I like their version much more than WWF's. With this yeah. The chair shots in this are just brutal. Like yeah. they are brutal because you can tell like they're just hitting. They're just going to go for it because you. Well, and Bam Bam is going to know that New Jack's not going to let up. It's going to be as hard as he fucking can. But uh, I think he's a, New Jack's first one gets busted open. By the share shots, who gets tossed into the crowd? Which my next note was: I would get as far away as possible. Bam Bam, from <laughs> this one, really. yeah, just get away from this. Bam Bam goes flying over that guardrail. Right? Yeah, it's a like three hundred and fifty pound dude. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> Bam Bam hurls every chair he can at New Jack on the floor, and he looks like angry. He looks very upset. Me too. <laughs> I yeah. know. Um, Those chairs look uncomfortable. They're like chairs from the public library. Yeah, they don't look like your gimmick, your regular gimmicked wrestling chairs by any it, means. It, it looks like the chairs that you'd have in a school assembly. It's, it's just horrible, shitty plastic things. The the real bummer is like it just seems like we're just we're just wasting time just to get to the balcony, so that we can any and it's and it takes them forever to even get it going because. I, well, I'm, two guys have to walk New Jack up to the balcony. Yeah. They're dragging him. He's probably concussed. I'm. I. I, I mean, if if because that jump. <laughs> I mean, he lands on his feet basically. Yeah, that, that's the move he does. Yeah, and it's what's hilarious is he does the move, but Bam Bam just drags him back to the ring. Does like just the wimpiest <laughs> greens from Asbury Park that Joey has the kind of cover for. Yeah, to pick up the win. So. Um, this was about the low point of the night, um, I'd say. I think. Well, maybe, maybe with some elements of the main event, make it a little bit lower. But this is just as a match. Like, I I couldn't find a lot of enjoyment out of this. And I'll start off with Jason. I want to see if you thought the same. Maybe on this. I didn't like it. I mean, like uh, there were parts of it I did at the beginning where Bam Bam was beating, you know, wrestling New Jack and trying to keep him from getting to the weapons. I like that. Um, but then it, it really kind of just pointed out that New Jack can't wrestle without weapons. Mm-hmm. Um, the I didn't like the part where Bam Bam had to stall and look like a fucking idiot <laughs> while they they throw New Jack up there because he just sits there and paces back and forth. Which way like, did he go? <laughs> Which way did he go? <laughs> Anytime. See, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. And to Charlie's point, New Jack didn't even jump off the balcony. He just kind of fell. With just holding the guitar out, it didn't look like he jumped or anything. I kind of like at that point, I was really worried about Bam Bam because I'm like, uh, th- this guy's just dead on his feet. Basically, he's going to wind up hurting them both pretty bad, and then dragging it out there. And like you said, Joey covering saying that he Bam Bam didn't do all he all that greetings from Asbury Park because he knew we didn't have to. What the fuck is that? It's a weak ass cover, if you ask me. It like any time. Anytime, and this happens with ladder matches too, where it's like, okay, we got to do this spot, so I got to act like I'm a little bit more out of it, so I don't come up there and stop him from, you know, trying to jump on me. Oh, 
Uh, I get oh, I got a got a cramp in my meniscus again. Uh, I can't, I can't, I can't get up there. My gout, my, my gout is acting up. <laughs> but yeah, it. Martin, Martin, what did you think? Um, what did you think of this? Um, what can I say? It's just dudes hitting dudes with things. That's that's. <laughs> it wasn't enjoyable. It just there was no point to it, and the fact that New Jack probably got completely fucked up. Is at once tragic and then at another point hilarious because I don't like New Jack. I, I know, like, and and that's the thing. Like, I I feel like if it, back in '98, I don't know if I would have. I, I think I liked him when, because he, nobody was really doing what he was doing, and as a 12 year old, I mean, that's just yeah. mind boggling what oh. he would do. Right, but we were, it has not aged well for me. I was talking about this on Twitter with somebody, and I was like, you know, New Jack was the, the analogy I gave was like he's like the energy drink that you would take. Like, man, we need some. I need, I, need, I need to pick me up. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, like, the only thing he has really is that spot. Well, he has that, and then he has the spot in the ring where, where he'll the, grab the guitar and do this stupid shit, like he knows how to play guitar. Yeah, and then just waffle the guy. Like, I mean, can you imagine him and Mayhem Jeff Jarrett having dueling a dueling guitar match? <laughs> I mean, would you just play the the song from, uh, what was it that the first Star Wars remake where they're fighting at the end that really badass dual lightsaber duel song? Duel oh, the duel the face. Stars? Yeah, thank you. So I mean, it's oh, man, um, and then it just ends with one of them hitting the other. Yeah, I guess just I'm the chosen. <laughs> I'm the chosen. Ch- ch- chosen. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if he does this, he does the stroke and they go through the ring? <laughs> John Finnegan. <laughs> I love Finnegan after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he contorts. I mean, Finnegan's a busy guy. Yeah, my favorite guy in the crowd is this guy. Oh, <laughs> right, what's this? What's I mean, he puts his hand on his head like he's under Finnegan. arrest. He's such a busy guy. Then you have to make him sell for this thing. We push ourselves. We work around the clock. We work around the clock. We push ourselves. We work around the clock. We work around the clock. What's going on? Rolls having a lot of fun with YouTube. I'm just all I can think about is like. Man, he, he's just working real hard. He works like, around the clock. He's, he, works, he seems like old Finnegan's He's working real hard. I am working around the clock. <laughs> All right. Did you ever see that thing? Oh, it looked bad. I never saw the movie. No. I, just, I, saw I saw that, that trailer bit. like 20 times. <laughs> but, um... I, honestly, New Jack is just as bad singles as he is with tag. The, at least, like with tag, the, same match somehow. Well, it, the only thing with a tag match is he gets he, you can hide it because there can be other things going on that you don't have to necessarily focus on. You know, him just throwing shit in the ring, which I do love that Bam Bam after concussing him clearly, maybe knocking him out, throws a bunch more shit on him after the maybe match. Maybe he is was over. trying to do that. <laughs> maybe just get the match stopped. This next bit is another... This, I, this, this made me laugh my ass off because all I wrote down was ECW Desire. No. Oh, man. <laughs> I've, got, what? Wi- I've got wistful nostalgia of dudes giving dudes head trauma. <laughs> I started saying plush. <laughs> and I feel <laughs> Am I the only person that likes this song? I mean, the I song is the song. fine. It sounds it's great. It's inappropriate. Just, I just think it's a weird choice for... A feud built around it. 
Well, Matt, that song's like, it's about heroin addiction, so I guess, you know, seeing Raven getting creamed slow-mo with his head between a steel chair and a cage, you know, really fits. It just ends kind of abruptly. Like, as soon as the lyrics start, it's just like, my dreams, and then it's over. I was just, like, laughing at that. It's just poorly timed. Yeah, the video package sure. isn't about Raven, though. It's about Sandman and Dreamer. So, it's it just, I mean, I like the song fine. I just... Let's just take it back. The, the problem is like I, you can see like there's some there's some good forward thinking to this because obviously when WWF picked this up only a couple years later and did the desire videos like you can say what you will about the song but like it was kind of cool how they were they were they were showing rest they the production value of it made it look like wow this is looking at it from a different angle and it's pretty cool like semi nostalgia feel especially when they did the remember um the 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 um it was that Kid Rock. History. What was the, the the Kid Rock WWF video they did? Up and down that lonely road of faith song they used. I'm already oh, on yeah. board. <laughs> <laughs> it was, but it was cool because it was embracing the nostalgia of it. The problem is they don't know. How, the only thing they know how to do video editing wise is just slow it down. Yeah. And slowing it down is not enough. Like you needed to do a little bit more with the video to make this really land. Otherwise, I was like, yeah, it's a great song, but man, this video just because the the slow mo like. With the slow motion, it takes forever for this thing really to move on. Yeah, because one of the things about WWF that I've always loved is you're not just excited about the pay-per-view you're about to watch, but what what they've done with video packages. There is actually, if you go out and look on YouTube, you can find it's every single main event video for like 10 years. Really? It's like a 20-minute a video, I think. Because those things are awesome. They really yeah. are. And I remember um, going, to, going to see Shawn Michaels get inducted into the Hall of Fame and he did a shout out to the video editing guys, yeah. saying that they made him look better than he ever thought that he was. And yeah, he was a part of a lot of great video packages like that. So, but ECW and even WCW didn't really have those kind that kind of talent in no. the video truck. No, no, it didn't. And that's why it's like you, there's there there is there's a there's a cool idea here. It's just not fully realized, right. and it sadly just kind of. Again, feels a little bit out of place for it, but it sets up our next match, and we've gotten to the point now where the Dudleys just are racking ass, and now they, they're coming after. <laughs> racking ass. <laughs> they're coming. They, they've started some shit with the Sandman and Tommy Dreamer. Um, Did they kill Beulah yet? No, I think this, that's no. That's next month. Yep. Oh, all right. well, what? Um, you guys, if I, I don't have much to say about Joel Gertner, so you guys can say whatever you'd like about his uh, bit. Jason, I'll let you do it. Go for it. Yeah, since I'm Joe Gertner, um, it doesn't get to do a lot because they pull a Lance Storm in WCW where they interrupt and, and cut him off. I like he gets he calls himself the innovator of vocabulary, um, kind of picking with Tommy Dreamer. I think that's really good. Um, what's funny is Style Joey Styles like comments on thank God we didn't have to sit through one of Joe Gertner's never ending intros. But then we have to sit through the Sandman coming up. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. When yeah. we get to next month, so, too, it, it really feels like it's like a 16-minute thing between both of oh, their it's introductions. Long. It's long as fuck. Go ahead, yeah. Jason. Keep going, though, man. Well, that was it. Just his the intro. Just It, it gets cut off, which is kind of it's kind of cool. But Gertner is becoming like a highlight. For, sure. At least for me with these shows. And so it's mm-hmm. like you don't get one thing you kind of look forward to. So it's like, ah, fuck this. That's I, it. I will say the one thing about uh, about this match that I, I noticed. Because um, we give ECW a lot of shit for enforcing tags. And this was just bizarre to me where 
Everyone's fighting everyone. There's no tags. The Dudleys take out Sandman, but they're they're somewhat gentlemanly about it because as soon as Sandman's taken out of the match, they revert to tags. <laughs> yeah. So let's. Well, this just isn't fair. You know? Let's talk about the Sandman thing of this because Sandman comes out and like I don't know if he is selling really really well or if he's or hammered, if, or, if he's hammered <laughs> or if he's legit hurt. Because he comes out and he looks like there is no way this guy can go. Because he has neck. They're saying his neck, right? Is the... It's like doing yeah. this thing? Yeah. The injury they're saying is his neck. So the thing is, like, whenever, of course, he has to introduce the guardrail to the match. Because we need one of those in the ring as a guardrail. When he gets whipped well, into it. Free, free from his terrible feud with Shane Douglas, the guardrail can now fly. <laughs> <laughs> the sky's the limit for the guardrail now he's unencumbered by Shane Douglas. The next inductee into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> the guardrail! <laughs> oh, I wish I was good at video editing. I'd do a Hall of Fame-style introduction oh package for the ECW guardrail. Um, <laughs> I like how Sandman, we're supposed to believe he's so hurt he can't spit beer. Right. Oh, yes, that's another good point. Yeah, because once again in the thir- in the 10-minute intro of Inner Sandman here and everything, like, yeah, he... He can't even do like his usual shtick all that much because of the injury. But it's when he exits, and I'm just I kind of I tuned out of the match as soon as he exited because I was like, it's another typical Tommy Dreamer match now because he's just going to get fight for it. He's got he's going to get destroyed by everybody, and then we get another little element that gets brought into it because Spike comes out, which is fine because I guess he you know it makes sense. He's feuding with them. It's fine, great. But um, as per usual, he he hits a couple acid drops. Is always good, mm-hmm. and then just gets just destroyed, obliterated. Yeah, <laughs> completely obliterated. The, the Dudleys do a spot where they do a concerto to Tommy, and the fans are not buying. Mm, nope, the fans are. Yep. Boo, that was terrible. Because <laughs> <laughs> Tommy's hands go up, and they're like, "No, no, like, you're supposed to take that. Yeah. <laughs> go yeah. ahead and kill yourself for our pleasure." Yeah, I think it's a combination of Tommy doing that, and the Dudleys actually didn't really seem comfortable doing that. Right. Yeah, because it just doesn't look right. Now, what's cool is, the, like you were talking about how the Dudleys start tagging after Sandman leaves. What I think is great is the fight continues three feet away from the paramedics. They're trying to get Sandman. Yeah. I'm like, go ahead. We're fine. The, the paramedics, only- he, he probably shouldn't be moved, but fuck it. Go ahead. Throw this 350-pound guy on the mat real quick. I, I noticed that, like, the, the one thing that made it seem like he, he could have been legit hers, like, I like how Tommy was like, let's get him out of the way because this <laughs> this thing's still going on. I, was, I, I like that little bit of it, but the problem is now, like, because we've seen, like, whether it's been in sports or in wrestling, like, when somebody gets legit hurt, like, everything stops. And there is a massive, like, process, there's a procedure to get somebody onto the board, braced, ready to move. Whenever you see it done so haphazardly as it is in these matches, you're like, oh, well, he's not really that hurt. This is, this is bullshit. <laughs> but um, th- I'm never a fan when Beulah gets into the mix of these matches because she's going to end up doing like – she's going to end up crotching somebody and then doing a lame-ass DDT. In this case, to Big Dick Dudley. Like the, the yeah. last guy who should be taking that because like there's no way I could buy that. The force of her doing a DDT is Little Beulah on the giant of ECW, as they call him. Right. Well, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. What is he, like 6'6"? Six, six? He's not that big. He's not that big. <laughs> no. He's like a, a half inch taller than Sandman. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Sandman returns with a neck brace. He, go, he goes absolutely nuts on all the Dudleys with his cane. Tommy gets his chair, and they destroy Bubba and Devon, and we get a double DDT for the win. So, um, Jason, starting with you, what did you think overall of this? 
Oh, God damn it, that's how you protect the DDT. That's <laughs> what I think about it. Um, it's like all that shit. That, just like we've always said, it seems to be the thing with ECW, is there's all this fucking stuff that would kill normal human beings, quote, quote, and then the matches end with, like, DDTs or German suplexes. Yeah. Um, like, the spike spots were insane. Um, just that little dude looks so good being thrown around by those guys. Yeah. But... I don't understand ECW logic where, okay, the, it's the Dudleys against the Sandman Tommy Dreamer. Sandman gets taken out of the match. So Spike Dudley comes in, goes for a pin, and the ref starts counting. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, I, I don't get that. So, And also how every heel in the ECW has a faction that just keeps pouring into every match. There's, I don't think we've seen a match that didn't have some sort of outside interference in the entire run of the podcast. That's a good, yeah. the, you know, that's a good point because as, as Henry points out on um, the raw attitude pod, like going through and looking through each match that is a DQ finish or like just basically a non finish. And there are tons of them. Like almost every match from a raw of this year is just is a non finish. Well, I remember Nitro was like that too. Nitro was too. Always absolutely. ended in yeah. DQ. Oh, then the whether fu- it was the NWO or the Four Horsemen, right? Is it, it the, the show Heat Wave where Joey actually makes a crack about that? You know, the, uh, makes a crack about shows ending with a million guys running in, and and, and I, uh, I just was taken aback by, you know, dude. Do you not see the show? You're, you're an MC. Especially the time you Dreamer don't watch matches. it, do you? Like Dreamer, <laughs> as we've talked about, pretty much every single Tommy Dreamer match has been booked exactly like this, with slight variations. Every single one. I don't one think of them. Tommy has enough material to work with to where he could carry a whole match. I guess not. On his like, own. like, but that's yeah. the thing. Like, remember him and Lawler? Like, oh, that, that first part of it is really good. Lawler and is so good. That's the thing. Like, Lawler, just a classic probably, wrestler, right? Right, right. Um, Martin, did you have any what any other thoughts on this one? No, it was it was fine for what it is, but it just just didn't click with me somehow. Uh-huh. It's it's just one of those. It's like, oh, okay, we're getting the four man brawl thing. And it's not that I don't like the people in it. I like I love the Dudleys. This version of the Dudleys, I've never really seen ECW Dudleys, and I fucking love it. Um, Dreamer, I really like. Sandman is Sandman. You know, Sandman is as Sandman does. But it's just something about this I just didn't didn't really enjoy. And doesn't it seem like we have seen this a hundred times already? Like like this kind of group of guys all over again every single time? Yeah, I mean, every Dudley's match, too, has been booked a lot like this, where it's just chaos. Like, it's just a, a big glob of chaos that ends, you know, just abruptly with one... You know, maneuver out of nowhere and stuff. So, Charlie, what did you have any um, any thoughts? I thought it was okay. It, it's just like I like I just said. I feel like I've seen this before, and they're all about the same. And it, I don't check out because I love the Dullies. It's my favorite tag team of all time. Yeah. But I wish they were doing something more. And Sandman, yeah, I, I don't know how anyone could love him or hate him. He's just, it's the Sandman. Right. You know, just, you'll pop for his entrance. It's like the Ultimate Warrior. It's right. The same thing. Yeah. I don't love him. I don't hate him. I, I accept him. And Tommy Dreamer. Still but, still waiting on that match. Sandman versus Warrior. What, oh well, that would have been awesome. Oh, God. Jesus. <laughs> um, imagine Sandman playing mind tricks with the Ultimate Warrior. Like, what, what that would be like. 
Uh, <laughs> and confusing and, himself. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Tommy Dreamer is great, I, but I honestly, I don't think he has enough. I don't think he has enough in his wheelhouse yeah. to, to have a match of, like, super high quality. Even though, like, when I think of ECW, I typically think of Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he is, to me... He is to ECW what I always thought Bret Hart was to the WWF. Yeah. He's like the, the foundation, the heart of it. Not Shane Douglas, the franchise. Right. No. Like Sting to WCW, like that kind of thing. So, so the match is, it's fine. And that'll be cool to see. Like it'll be interesting to see if that, um, if that evolves and everything where we'll see Tommy go as a, as a single star and everything. But, He's got good stuff coming. Yeah. I know that. It's just right now it feels like they've just booked him the exact same every single time. We have to have Tommy Dreamer on the pay-per-view. Right. We have to have him. Right. We go to another another plug for the catalog in Heat Wave 98. And then to our video package for Sabu versus Rob Van Dam. The partnership has become a bit unraveled as uh, RVD was able to take the TV title off of Bam Bam when it seemed like Sabu was supposed to get the shot at Bam Bam. And it was just sort of a, a cause of real fissure and everything. To where now, of course, how we're wondering where Bill Alfonso is going to fall into this and everything. Um, as we go into this match, we find out that Jeff Jones, the ref who goes into business for himself, will be the referee of this match. So there you go. So doesn't this, ma- doesn't this match get announced as being for the tag team title? Yeah, but Bob Ortiz fucked up and said this is for the tag title, and nobody noticed. No, like the crowd didn't. Like if you're going to chant, you fucked up at any time. This is the or how about Bombay, Michigan? Yeah. Next show? <laughs> that's the place. I looked it up. That's great. Oh, that's I thought where Sabu's from? Because that's what I was... I, after he said it, I was like, I hope that's a place. Because I know there's like a... Because, of course, like there's a metropolis. There's a Gotham City. These places really do exist. Just not where yeah, you normally... Bombay, Michigan. Think. I think that's a stone's throw from Battle Creek. <laughs> exactly. That's why that was funny. I was like... And I never used to hear them roll with that very much. Because I would hear them say Bombay, India. And I was like, why don't we just roll with Bombay, Michigan if that's actually a real place? So anyway, but um, this is a big deal because we are now at the yep. beginning of the I want to I think it was twenty two months of Rob Van Dam's TV title reign. Yeah, and we finally get to cover his his title. I think it was arguably the greatest title reign of all time, uh, at least in what we've watched. Right. Yeah, that the quality of matches, how he narrowly escapes most of the time, and he fights Sabu several times. Uh, throughout the, this last run of ECW. Yeah. So I've been looking forward to this the whole time. It's funny how they try to start this off with him being like, Rob's like, ah, oh, it's just a ruse. He's still doing great heel work. He is. Trying to like sell, like, ah, oh, this is all a ruse, blah, blah, blah. But of course it ends up being a fight. And, if, and, the, and I don't know if Alfonso's is most annoying here or not, but it's 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 close because he keeps saying, I'm winning anyway. Yeah. He's always saying, I'm a winner tonight. He always, anytime the camera's around, he's going to say something like Well, he calls it right down the middle. Right. Of course. I really like this part where RVD gets the mic and says, uh, did you really think I'd fight my own partner? And you can hear a, a fan in, in the crowd say, you better fight him. <laughs> <laughs> my thoughts it's exactly. Um, like, RVD versus Sabu, this better be happening. <laughs> um, this one is, uh, what's fun though is this is a classic wrestling match. and We actually get like a 30-minute Broadway which is incredible. Like, I never would have thought we would have a time limit draw. I actually really in, like in that. ECW. My only complaint yeah. about it is that I don't think they announced it before. No, huh? it makes the ending seem a bit like confusing. Right. But at the same time, like the way this builds, like 
this is this is definitely the best Sabu's looked. Um, considering his yep. matches with Sandman, like you know, the it was tough sometimes to do some of those spots because you knew there's a higher probability of a botch coming. But well, uh, and this one's not devoid of them. But oh, absolutely. I mean, we talk about how the guardrail should get in the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah. Here's another one. Sabu actually moonsaults the guardrail <laughs> without a, a Rob Van Dam underneath. Uh, my favorite part of the match. For some reason, when when they're outside, the fans start enforcing a ten count. I wrote that. What down. is up with that? Yeah, it's just Robin Nam got counted out twice, <laughs> according to my calculations. But you could tell this was going in a different direction than we're normally because Van Dam, the Van Daminator, gets only two. He hits an incredible twisting five star. His split leg it looked great. Yeah, he had a little extra mm-hmm. flair to it. So that's why I was like, "Damn, where's this thing gonna go?" I really like the name of the timekeeper, Rocky Bushiano. <laughs> That's that's good. <laughs> that is a pretty good name. Yeah. Um, I, I I'll be honest. I don't mind this going to a draw. Jason, did you mind this being a draw? No, I love time limit draws. I thought the shit after it kind of sucked it up a little bit, right. and the fact that we weren't told about the time limit since ECW is pretty big on giving us the time limits. You know, they're like, this is a twenty minute time limit, and then this one's just nothing, and then suddenly the bell rings. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, I think the shenanigans at the beginning took the crowd out of the match uh, yeah. and took me out, too, because I'm sitting going, oh, shit, it's Rob Van Dam and Sabu, and it's just this this crap for just a few minutes, and then it finally gets going. Um, you're talking about some botches. RVD changes his mind about taking a spot, like midway through the spot. Um, it's where the they've got the, the table going from the guardrail to the ring, and Rob Van Dam stands on it. And Sabu jumps. He's like, he's going to DDT him through the table. And Rob Van Dam just decides to, he's just going <laughs> to yeah. fall off the table. All the crowd got so pissed off about that. Didn't that, Sabu that, jump into the crowd? Not that RVD should have, you know, if he doesn't want to take it, fair enough. But don't set it up and then not do it like that. Don't, you know, counter, do some, shove Sabu back into the ring. Anything. Just don't just fucking walk off. Didn't Sabu just yeah. jump into the crowd anyway? Well, that was after. That was before that because oh, okay. the the table takes a little damage. The ECW, you know, for a, a wrestling company that really depends on tables, needs to get better they tables. Better tables. Yeah. They're oh, man. These leg breaking. Um, they need to get the sturdy tables that they had at Hell in the Cell this past Sunday that don't break. Um, the but like the legs kept falling off of them, and I love like when it. Uh, you'll see it really next the next pay per view where like legs keep breaking and separating and they can't put these tables up and Sabu who doesn't seem to give a shit so it's like fuck it I'll flip it over and put it on its good side and nearly kills him and Rob Van Dam once or twice in this match um, but I mean I, I liked it like the the time limit draw I think with something like this works if you're working with a story where you got partners fighting each other if they're of the caliber of performers that these two are it, the first match should go to a draw yeah. that's the way I think mm-hmm. Martin go ahead yeah, no, I'm with that. Um, you don't want either one of them looking too weak. Um, the only problem I had, the the major problem that kind of took me out of it, a five-star frog splash through a table that looked fucking awesome is a two. <laughs> Not even at like 2.9. It was, it was like a flat two. Right and that kind of took me out of it. So I'm thinking, well, what the fuck can they do now? <laughs> well, it turns out nothing. Victory roll. The uh, the spot just before that, where he gives Sabu the kick of doom, where he's like, "Oh my god, yeah. I, I fall yeah. out of the t-. like how he he kicks him, and he staggers back like he just got killed, and then 
you know, oh, let me lay on this table now. Maybe I'll feel better. Yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> oh, how, how convenient. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I hate when that happens in uh, wrestling. Oh, it's lazy. It's <laughs> with, the, uh, with the weakness of the tables in ECW, do you think backstage catering was like a nightmare? Oh. You, know, just, you, have, you have like your one styrofoam cup of whatever. The queso. gingerly place it I see the Gary over there with the <laughs> shrimp cocktail. <laughs> you can't trust him. <laughs> I feel like the Shane Douglas impression is borderline the Gerard Butler. Like, ha, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, how horrible 300 would be if it's Shane Douglas's lead. <laughs> oh, shit. All that great music. Shut the fucking music. I gotta go in slow-mo and get killed. Oh, no. It's been a while since I've seen 300. It's not very good. Um, <laughs> I really miss the time limit draw. And I, I wish that they could have done... Because especially when it was with two guys that could go. Like a, like like Ricky Steamboat or something. Yeah. And Robin Eamon and Sabu are two guys that absolutely can go. Because yeah. that time limit thing can, can really add drama to a match that doesn't necessarily have it in the first place. And these guys already have that. And if you add that to it... With those near falls that usually used to come at the end of time limit matches. Yeah. And then finally it just, one, two, oh, ding, ding, oh, he's out of time. Oh, but he would have pinned him. Like, I wish that they'd bring that back. Do you think in Bombay, Michigan, they're going to have voter intimidation issues on Tuesday? Can you imagine if Sabu's out there enforcing Sabu outside polling booth? With a table. With a table. (laughs) That's breaking before he even uses it. I'll see you on Tuesday. <laughs> that, that's you really can happening. <laughs> it's just not, I wish it was Sabu. At least it'd have been fun. Oh, you're Sabu. Can I have an autograph? Since you're trying to intimidate me to vote for someone. Um, yeah. The the let me as far as the when like as great as time limit draws are for adding drama to a match. That when you have bullshit like that after does do you feel that takes away from it? Because the whole point of having a time limit is you got to move on to the next thing. Not five minutes of two guys playing tug of war with a belt. Yeah, reminded me of Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns. Everyone shit on that, <laughs> yeah. And like this looked just as stupid. Oh yeah, but no one, no one talks about all the other times that two people have, have like, oh, get mine, right, right. my belt. We did the YMCA and earlier in this show, so I'm. <laughs> Pretty sure nothing get dumber as that. <laughs> but what's the confusion? What's there to be confused about? If there's a draw, the champion retains the belt. Right. And like, why is Sabu suddenly thinking, oh, I, well, I earned the belt? Well, why are we waiting for the ref who goes into business for himself, who really didn't play a key role no, in this match? No, not at all. all. There was a, Styles constantly asking about it. There was a point at the end of the match where it, they were making it sound like Jeff Jones was going to raise the hand of the winner. Like, it was his call. Yeah, which... And, and he took both hands, and it didn't really seem like he knew what he was doing. I'm like, when was this ever? Th- there was just... You can tell there was no planning about the ending. Just, like, yeah, at all. fucking weird. By, by not stating clearly... Like, and the thing is, you can't do it ahead of this match. You have to do it at the head of every match. You have to say this match, schedule for one fall, has this amount of time limit. So then that way, you know, for the most part, that goes out of your head. Like, oh, okay, that 15 minutes. Well, they're going to do it probably really quick. But... When they actually do go the distance, like it shocks you because like, oh, didn't see that coming. Right. But you know what? They kept saying it's a this has a so and so time limit. It, yeah, I remember uh, WCW used to be kind of bad about it in the late eighties because they go three minutes, two minutes, and thirty seconds. Oh yeah, like, Gary oh, Michael my Capetta. God, oh yeah, Capetta's earning that paycheck. Oh. <laughs> but that used to when I was a kid, that used to piss me off because like Flair would have Sting in the figure four for like four minutes. 
and that countdown's going on, and Sting rolls him over, and they're like, he's going to tap, he's going to tap, and the time runs out. As When I was a kid, that used to drive me nuts. Exactly. Like, like that's what it's good for. But another thing, yeah. another, one last thing I'll say about the match, I didn't even realize it had gone 30 minutes. No. Yeah, and that's I, how well, into that it. Credit, it it didn't feel like a 30-minute match. Yeah, and I think that's a credit to both of them. And if this was the other match that you were saying might be the match of the night, yeah, then I, I agree. This was, was the I thought event. this was a good the main match. event clearly was. It's going to be match of the night. <laughs> oh, I think we're going to have different opinions on that. I think so, too. Event. But it is it is cool because I do like with where we go with Heat Wave. Like, I like how you have this started, but then right, we're going to back burner this a little bit. We're going to slow burn this. We're not going to go right into another match. That's kind of neat. Like, I think after this show and after the next one too, I think we're going to get really a good sense of where, how they were kind of, or how Paul was booking this thing, like how he, what his steps were compared to how the steps are now, which is just, you know, Kevin Owens has an amazing debut. He beats John Cena, who no sells his finish and leaves the ring immediately, and then proceeds to lose fifteen matches in a row afterwards. And I'm like, God damn it! Like that's that's pissing me off just talking about that. Because in that, yeah. I'm, I'm pr- did, did Kevin Owens win another match against John Cena? Kevin Owens lost like the next two, or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, of course, I'm exaggerating with the number, but it feels. Oh, no, like, you're right. I mean, you're right. But I mean, it, it, he pinned Cena after that pop up, and yeah. Cena rolled right out of the ring, and then rolled proceeded right to beat him in every match yep. afterwards. And honestly, that's been the way it's been booked for a number of feuds. Maybe now with the brand extension that's changed a little. I'm not entirely sure because I'll be honest, it's gotten a little bit spotty for me watching it all and everything. So I'm, I, I can't fully comment on that. But I do like with this particular match, like if you would inject this match into today, the next show would immediately be this same type of match again. But this time it would have some other convoluted finish to keep pushing it to a third show. Whereas what's nice is we're going to see this kind of slow burn and kind of sizzle here for a little bit before they go to another one. So... Um, it's really a bummer because this couldn't close the show because there's obviously nothing that's going to top it. And, uh, well, this main event certainly is not going to have a chance at it. So, uh, let's go to the back where Shane Douglas is, uh, cutting a promo once again about his injuries and why he shouldn't even be wrestling tonight. And Bam Bam and Candido are standing like two feet away from him. Yeah. Like, are they just watching him? Like, talk to the camera? Yeah. The way he's sitting, it looks like he's taking a shit. (laughs) (laughs) And my uh, palate is, uh, can you you hand me the toilet paper, Bam? Thanks. Uh, You may beat me, but you won't beat me. Like, what? This is a confusing promo. It is. It's a waste. It's it's a waste of time, and it's confusing. Exactly. Like, it's, they, I think they recorded this before he went and did the live promo. Because this one is more of a, a baby face promo. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. It just, and but the problem still remains that like even as he's talking, I'm like, I just don't feel any sympathy for you to where like I would legitimately think you know what? No sympathy. No sympathy. Without sympathy. sympathy. His injuries. All I can think of is, well, good. Get some more. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they they go through his uh, injuries again, and they threw out infected sinus. Not even worth. Why not? Exactly. Was that even worth mentioning? I mean, I got an ingrown hair. Exactly. That's that. That's the next (laughs) level of it. So we go now from Shane's promo. They go to the video package where we get like Paul Heyman recapping the rise of Shane Douglas. It's an entire like 
like like ECW you know recap re- retrospective. Thank you. For, in, in, um, a, in a promo, I have dubbed a brief history of wine. <laughs> W-H-I-N-E. Wow. I mean that promo is amazing. We've said it before. The promo that he cuts in um in uh, what ninety three or ninety four or whatever ninety four ninety four is uh, it's legendary. It's great, but the problem is like where he would go as a character afterwards is not nec- isn't isn't where Steve Austin would go after Austin three sixteen or where CM Punk would go after the Vegas promo. It's not nearly the same. We're gonna uh, expound upon that after this this match concludes, but. Um, I, I just thought this was fascinating. I was like, man, we're really going to great lengths to pump up Shane Douglas. It's really strange. It's weird. Um, I, by the way, I highly recommend going on YouTube and watching some shoot interviews with Shawn Michaels about Shane Douglas. Oh, yeah. That's interesting stuff. Because you, you know the shit Shane says about him, but when, when Shawn talks about him, it's completely different stuff. This makes him sound like he was lazy, basically. Yeah. But story for another time. And, and it just gets... so. These three segments together, Shane's promo, the video package, and then this just make this main event seem like the drizzling shits before it even starts. Because Al Snow proceeds to cut the least Al Snow-like promo. This is very out of character. Especially compared to the last pay-per-view where he was just off the rails with with that backstage segment. This just feels like, you know, just the guy who was from... uh, But I think one of the reasons that we saw this shit was because they handed out the heads. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All and of a sudden, they've got him. This promo, it's and then I don't know if he was deliberately doing this because at the end he does the thing with head where it's like, you know, if you've seen this with characters like this before, they're nuts, they're crazy, and everything, and then they have this moment of clarity where all of a sudden, like, they're completely normal, insane. It's like here's a weird one: the movie Folks with uh, Tom Selleck and Don Amici. <laughs> so. Don, Dude. Don, I don't even think that's, reference. I don't even think that's on DVD yet. It's Selleck Sands mustache, but like his dad's got oh. Alzheimer's, and the whole time, right? Yeah, yeah, he's got Alzheimer's the whole time, and it's and you know it's 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 comedic, and you know it's funny to see your dad not remember anything. But then like, <laughs> but then like, <laughs> does Amici have a moment? He does. <laughs> There's this moment in the movie where he's like, John, that's because that's his character. He's like, John, I know what's going on with me. Um, and he, they kind of have just like two to three minutes, and it just goes back to being just nuts. Yeah, exactly. It's still Alice. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> and and you know, <laughs> but uh, that's what this just reminded me of. It was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. Like I, I understand that. Like I don't mind Al Snow being in this match because of how the last pay per view ended. That's good continuity because he's the one who got the pinfall on Shane Douglas when. We don't really at the time we were like, well, that doesn't make sense. It should have been Lance Storm because of the way this tag match and everything was was booked. It should have been Lance Storm getting it. But since they did it with Al Snow, it was nice to see them go into you know this match together. So let's let's get into this thing. So Snow's entrance is what we saw last time, which is the nauseating like camera visual effects and everything, the the hyperactivity and whatnot. Um, what did you guys think when Shane? On top of everything we've already said, he comes and says, like, I'm going to take this brace off my elbow because it restricts my <laughs> yeah, movement. Hold my earrings. Hold my purse. Yeah, that's what it reminds me of. Jesus. <clears throat> the other thing I've written down, my next note is the sound that the heads make when they're rubbed together. It's weird, isn't it? Like bats. That the sound of polystyrene so. fills the air. 
Yeah, I, that's definitely the JVC headphone backfire of the week. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was listening to your headphones. It sounded like a bat orgy. I mean, it was just, like, constantly. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's horrible. It was a pretty cool sound. He just pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> um, I, all right, so... I think bat orgy may be the, the greatest thing I've heard on this show. Bat orgy? <laughs> yeah. There's a label. There's a door in the bat cave. Just says bat orgy. Don't go in there. Bring your VR headset. <laughs> You're yeah, going to have a go. bad time. <laughs> this match is ridiculously slow. It is so slow. And then I love that clearly, like, and, and this fits into what the the moment I was talking about, which happens next show, where you know Shane is clearly seems like he's trying to one up everybody on the show, and it's like, well, these guys are doing these jumps. I'm going to do a jump off the top rope over he the did. garden, and it the- looks. Terrible. And Styles didn't mention it. No. Like, this is highly unusual of the <laughs> franchise. <laughs> I, know, I know. Like, why does this match get the WrestleMania 10 treatment? The locker room has emptied. Okay, so like, we can just jump to that because yeah. none, none of this other shit really matters because the crowd just wants to see Francine's tits anyway. Yeah. Yeah, um, there, there is multiple show your tits chants throughout the, you know, this this crucial world title match that has got the entire locker room watching its epicness. <laughs> and, yeah, and again, they they accuse the female valet of having herpes, just like they did with Chastity. That, that's their go-to. Yeah. Hey, she didn't show us her tits! She's got herpes! Yeah, that, <laughs> that seems to be their MO. Is one the product of the other? Slut-shaming. Don't you like it? Douglas at one point sets up a bunch of chairs and they get knocked over and he has to reposition them and I thought it was the funniest thing <laughs> because it's it, it was during me has that kind of problem with Target with the uh, with the merchandise. It's just so funny to watch. He set up a big cap in display of WCW legacy figures. He's like, that should be me, and they just start falling over for him as soon as he walks away. Oh my god. <laughs> um. I like it. He sets them up, and then when he goes for the move, all it does is push the chairs apart. Yeah, it doesn't do anything. Again, this is him watching, watching what Rob Van Dam and Sabu were doing. It's like, oh, you know what? Uh, <laughs> you know what would be fun to do? <laughs> Gary, you watching this? <laughs> this is your mother. <laughs> so as when we're talking about the locker room clearing, of course, the triple thrust, the triple threat comes out, and... Um, it leads to it, you know. It's it's a pretty cool spot, I guess. Al Snow moonsaults to take out both of Bam Bam and Chris Candido. Poor Al okay. Snow's caught I, up in this. I know that's <laughs> the one thing that sucks. I, I love Al Snow, and he's really so do. over. Oh, he might be the most over person in the company right now. Which I mean, it's hilarious. He's a, and I mean, maybe he's leaving at the right time. He's this is the peak to jump to WWF. I think, I think when this show. When this pay-per-view aired, I think he'd already been on WWF TV at this point. Well, he was trying to get a job, I remember. Right? Yeah. And then it all uh, rested on him fighting Jerry Lawler at King of the Ring. And if he won, he got a job. He lost. He still got the job. You know. Yeah. Shane McMahon. Wrestling. Shane McMahon. Oh, yeah, we'll let you run it. Fuck <laughs> it. You jumped <laughs> off the Obeying stipulations isn't new either. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. But he does sneak in a snowplow on Frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> he plowed her. I mean, wow. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, thank you. Also, to get to the, I just the finish of this. Also goes for the worst sunset flip from the top rope. Oh, oh, the one where he just like front flipped and landed <laughs> on his back. <laughs> ah, yeah, fuck. And then Shane <laughs> kind of step into it. 
Yeah. And then he just said, he does the kind of the, the, the SummerSlam 92 yeah, finish. He does exactly yeah. the 92 finish <laughs> to get the win. And it just, it, and it felt like the crowd was like a little deflated. Well, yeah. Because you're like, the whole ECW like locker room is brawling amongst themselves. And you've got Al Snow, who's like this crazy, hyperactive, blah, blah, going to go for a top rope sunset flip. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't do that in the game. I mean, if I did a schoolboy from the top rope, I don't think I'm going to get the... <laughs> I don't think I'm going to... That's a powerbomb. That's a powerbomb at that point. <laughs> I mean... But it's weird. Have you ever seen the locker room empty and then lift up the guy who won, who was also the champion when the match started? No, and th- they lift up both of them. Yeah, and then they, yeah. And they, they, they you get the best of what I got. Yeah. And then the crowd chant like ECW. Oh, they were trying to get like it was some epic confrontation between like two right. champions, and they they couldn't be separated by anything. And it just the entire what ten fifteen minutes previously discount everything exactly. about that ending. This is the equivalent of Sting and Triple H shaking hands at 31 after Triple H fucking knocked him with a sledgehammer. Right. Well, you know, I was a good, fair You know what, Steve? I really enjoyed you, Steve. Uh, I like God, too. (laughs) The entire locker room room is at ringside, and it takes them. They're out there a good two or three minutes before they start going, oh, maybe we should stop the triple threat from interfering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even the fact is like Good point. That's what I don't get, is they're just like, fuck it, let it happen. No. <laughs> Do you think handing out all those heads is a cost effective thing yeah. for East? Yeah. Hammond admits himself that they spent a fuck ton of money. I bet they did. Because you're talking like I mean the crowd is like what we've I, I didn't say the number, it was somewhere probably between like two and four thousand, somewhere like right. that. So I mean you're talking it's, it's thousands of people. And they're throwing them in the ring oh, yeah. and they're hitting people in the head. Like I liked watching I, I think the referee for this one was um um Molino. Yeah. And they were throw some people were throwing the heads in at the beginning of the match, and he was basically on head duty. He was Which, just walking up and kicking him out of the do ring. Do we have confirmation that's not a Scott Box sixty fours like relative or something like that? Is that from the really? Sapod? Do we have confirmation on that? We're going to have to get that from the Sapod. I'll uh, check my source. I think he would mention it by now. I know. Yes. I know. Is this... Yeah, do, you think do you think Paul's in the back going, Jesus Christ, people, stop throwing them. I wanted you to have them so you can shake them for the visual effect. Right, right. And like, yeah, I mean... Wasting them. And what does that song Al Snow has? Oh, he comes out... Uh, breathe. By, breathe by the Prodigy. Prodigy, Prodigy. Yeah. Okay. That's it's, not, it's, cause, it's them. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, there's two Prodigy songs. There's that and there's the Smack My Bitch Up song. I know. That's, oh, who came out to that? Tajiri. Probably as well. Yeah. Tajiri yeah. used to come out to that. I'm a file starter. I'm a file starter. Smack that's that's all I remember. <laughs> if you want to hear, if you want to hear an awesome, and I say that in air quotes because you can't see me, cover, Gene Simmons has an acoustic cover of that song oh. that he's singing. Oh, God. It's, it's, it's murder. <laughs> it is murder. Me. Oh, is it? No, 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 no. Let's, no, no. Let's, let's, uh, oh, let's, let's take a little... You've done it now! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? Hey, we had to get taken on this oh. show. <laughs> yeah, hey, I was wondering. He's not here. Oh, he's, he should pop up next show. That's all I'm saying. Oh, what is this hot <laughs> shit? Yeah, let's, let's, let's just take a... I thought you said it was acoustic. <laughs> I haven't heard it since in a long time. I don't own this thing. <laughs> God, I gotta see that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Dude, this video is awesome. <laughs> Looks like Carlos Santana in that video. All right, well that there you go, folks. Gene Simmons fire starter. Look it up when you're Ellen. I'm not posting that link. No. You think you think we're gonna have to pay for that spot? We're gonna have to pay Gene that we we did him a favor. I guess we did. Greed Simmons. It was was fair use. It was critiquing because we we were were using it as educational purposes for what happens when shit artists cover the prodigy. I'm a file stalker. This show overall um, was not enjoyable to watch. At all, with the exception of <laughs> with the ex- this show felt like a real chore. Yeah, to get through. Um, and I and I I exaggerate a little bit there. The Rob Van Dam Sabu match, the Mikey Whipwreck, Justin Incredible match, those were really good. Those were good installments. But in between there, I mean, it just felt like you're going through like the deserts of Tatooine or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> deserts of. It's the whole fucking planet. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea at the beginning of this show. We just get Alec Guinness going. You'll never find them all wretched hive or scum and all <laughs> uh, Jason, what did you think of this show overall? I think you said it best, sir. Um, it was just. I like how you went right into it. You're just like, ah, project. You know, the show's not fun to watch. <laughs> You're right. It took me four days to watch it. <laughs> oh um, man! Because. I like I had I just had some problems sleeping. That's why I put up the tweet, and I, I wanted to explain. Um, so I I dozed off unknowingly what, during the legend segment because like it's JYD, and then next thing I know, here comes New Jack. And, like I was <laughs> JYD versus like, New Jack. Yes, that's why it was said. Like I woke, I was like, what the hell is happening? Um, yeah, and then sadly, because I was like, I thought people said this card sucked. And then I go back and see what happened. But, yeah, it would just be I I would get bored. I took a, a big break. I was like, oh, the new Sat Pod's out. I think I'll listen to it in the middle of this watching this thing. Um, I just it, – it was a struggle for me. So I, I can say that says I, I didn't enjoy it at all. Martin, what did you think of this overall other than what you've already said, being a, being a chore? <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some good stuff. But it's <sighs> – it's nothing you can't get from any other of the ECW pay-per-views. It's, yeah, the Sabu Rob Van Damme match is great, but there'll be other ones later on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and Whitbreak, just incredible. Yeah, it was good, but we, we've had that. We've had a match with them. There's just something about it. Nothing the show clicks. Even the venue looks really shitty. It looks like a municipal swimming pool. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah, it look like, like a civic it, center. Yeah, it's it's like the it's like a, the, a local leisure center or something, like the gym at the back <laughs> of a shopping center. Gary, <laughs> Gary's the ball boy. Up and showing and showing um, uh, Axel and balls in the crow's nest with Joey. Doesn't that look the most ghetto oh, shit yeah. in the world? Like that's yeah. like the quote unquote exposing the business spot of the night is when they did the long shot of what it looked like from a distance, oh, what yeah. the commentary booth looked like. That was that was, was not good. It was not good at all. Um, Martin, real quick, I'll, I'll ask you the this, Martin. Window. Go ahead, Jason. What was that? 
thing because it's one thing that also would to go with the the venue what kind of cheapened it is it, this venue has those big ass windows and it's bright outside like it kind of separates yep. it you know like all the other ecw stuff is very i mean most wrestling is dark in there other than the lighting of, for the the show and you look outside and it's all bright and sunny and happy and then it's just like all this mayhem and carnage happening in here it just doesn't mesh I just, I, where would you put it? Like, so I'll ask you guys, do you think it's the worst of what we've watched so far overall? Because it sounds like it. It's probably the least enjoyable. You know, if you were to say, you know, if someone was to say to say to us now, you know, which ECW shows should we watch? This isn't going to trouble any of our lists, no matter how long the list is. No, I don't think so. Charlie. There's, there's nothing special about this. No, uh-uh. I don't think so. I, well, I don't want to sound like I, I love the show, but I didn't mind this. I thought it was okay. I like this more than November to Remember and Living Dangerously. Um, maybe it's because I was on a time crunch and I had to get through it. But, uh, like, for the positives, I really dug those two matches. Uh, like, and I'm, at this point, I love ECW, but at this point, like, especially with this last couple of run of shows that we've had, it's been difficult. So to have two matches that I actually really liked, that's great. And on t- like to counter that, my big problem with this show is I don't see any forward progression with where certain wrestlers are going, where certain feuds are going. Like as much as I love Justin Credible and Mikey Whipwreck, and I did like seeing that match, I do want to see where they go from here. But I didn't see any real setup. That's, and that's what's insane, I think, with the next show is like after you watch, you're like, "Oh, what did I miss?" Like it's it's in, it's almost like it, they 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 fell into just a great trap of awesomeness because it was like you were setting up for like whatever big show is supposed to be a payoff for a lot of these. Like, man, after this show, living dangerously, and even going back to November to remember is like, man, this I just it it does it doesn't seem like we're leading we're leading towards anything amazing, and it it couldn't have been more than opposite. Nowhere. That's what's insane. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend this as like a even a top ten ECW show, but uh, compared to what we've seen lately, I, I rather and I don't want to say enjoyed. I had a good time with it. Right on. Yeah, you know, which at this point is more than I expected to say about it, especially considering uh, what what was it? What's the name of that site? Well, Cage Cage Match. I They're think great. It's, it's yeah. Co- compared to what they were saying about it. My my expectations were really low, and I ended up coming out somewhat happy. So Cagematch.net is a great sp- uh, site to go to if you want to look up information on the cards, the results. Well, even wrestlers. Even wrestlers who like are on the show. Yeah. My, I think my favorite, just to get an idea of what kind of show we're walking into, is the user ratings are really good because they're very spread out. Yeah. Um, I think it gives you a good overall representation of the show you're walking into. This they gave a four out of ten, which honestly is about par for the course. I, it's it, I, see, I'd give it. I'd probably give it a five. Yeah. So yeah, that that makes sense. Do you have to register with that site no. to uh-huh. rate or to rate it? Maybe I don't know. Okay. It is. I also am going to say I don't think it's uh, sounds like the IMDb I, I, of professional. I'm not sure it's actually an English site either. That's weird. Martin, have you ever looked at it? Uh, no, no, I haven't. I, I think because like I've looked on like the left side and the right side, and I think I see like I don't know if it's German or whatever, but um, it's uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there is an English facing side to it as well because the card, the card when you read it looks like it is in some of the comments, but um, I don't know. I'd have to look at, but it's a uh, it's a great site to look at to get kind of a bird's eye view of what you're going to be 
going into and everything. Although sometimes I'll I'll click on the link from Google and it'll take me to the results. I'm like, no, don't show it to me. I want to be surprised. Yeah, I know. I, I have to read past the Wikipedia yeah. page sometimes. I don't want to see one yet, damn it. I still like that element of surprise. Uh, yeah. Was New Jack and Bam Bam a five star? Don't tell me. <laughs> oh. Come out like a newborn baby. Well, that is something you would want to be surprised for, truly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be a surprise. <laughs> yeah, New Jack wins a five star match on a La Maestro cradle. <laughs> you imagine a New Jack comprehensive DVD set? Oh. With a documentary? Seven and a half minutes of the best. <laughs> um. Before we got went into the close of this, I had said on the last show, Dan Rackley had sent us an awesome recount of going to an ECW show. You got it? Which was really cool. I've got the email now. I've got it pulled up to where I can really read it. So um, I'm going to read this out. I'm going to try and go through this as quick as I can. It was really cool to read this. It was very early 1998, a peaceful time when an internet connection could get you a wealth of information in a matter of hours. I was a junior in high school, and a good friend of mine was on winter break from college when, he, when we got word that ECW was going to be in Michigan. The show was held in a suburb of Detroit called Inkster. I figured since this wasn't a WWF or a WCW show that we could probably drive the three hours and change from the small town I lived in and just buy tickets the day of the show. I convinced my mom to let us borrow the car, seeing as how my friend was rather trustworthy and the only one with a license at the time. The morning of the show, as we are getting ready to leave, my mother reminds me, now, Dan, don't forget to get the case of oil before you guys leave town. <laughs> That's right. I said case, not court. The reason is because about six months previous, some asshole, probably related to Mark Madden, was doing an oil change on my mother's 1990 <laughs> Ford Escort and put brake fluid where the oil is oh supposed to be gosh. and set the engine on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when the Sandman came out. This caused <laughs> this caused the thing to forever bleed oil like it was Terry Funk. <laughs> forever. Anyway, we make the three or three or so hour drive down to where the building is, and we see what looks like a local rec center. We walk in and ask the rather Medea-looking woman behind the two inches of bulletproof glass if they were selling tickets to the wrestling that night. The lady looks at us and says that she has no idea what in the hell we are talking about. <laughs> Slightly dejected, we walk out of the building and at the very least figure we can wait around until the doors open and get a ticket that way. To lift our spirits, the heavens sent us John Pee Wee Moore rummaging around in the trunk of his car. I walk up to him, see the new Japan jacket he was wearing, and ask him about the tickets. Now, if I remember correctly, the front row tickets were supposed to be somewhere around $30. He looks at us and says that he'll give us, uh, he'll give them to us for 20 bucks. Me and my friend look at each other like the goddamn high-fiving white boys and say yes. As I am grabbing my wallet, I am having a little bit of trouble finding my larger bills. With no word of lie in what I am saying, Pee Wee Moore looks at me and says, If I don't have the cash, I'll gladly accept some weed. <laughs> <laughs> if you want wow if you want to know one of the reasons why ECW eventually filed for bankruptcy is because I imagine it's terribly difficult to cash in an eighth of weed at TD Bank oh and yeah that thing about Sabu going around in the motorhome was for real dot 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 and by the look on his face he didn't feel like talking you got, if you haven't, if you don't know what that is, look it up. Okay. It's 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 impressive. Uh, and uh, to quote Scott Box sixty four, Sapu was running wild that night. 
Oh, I almost forgot. For some reason, that Hulk Hogan impersonator that shows up to all the Michigan shows showed up in full, and I mean full, Hollywood Hogan gimmick. He was promptly, he promptly got booed out of the building and is the closest thing I have ever seen to a lynching in person. Anyway, the show was a pretty good show and uh, with the main event of Sandman and Sabu. And if I remember correctly, the match before that was Dudley's versus Spike Dudley, New Jack, and John Flowers for Algernon Cronus. <laughs> the highlight of the night was watching some guy take his ticket and dip it in the blood that came from New Jack's head oh, that had cool. puddled on his shirt. Either the cure for or the, either the cure for or cause of some major diseases were likely stuck to that ticket. Of all the people that were out front signing autographs, the nicest person that I can recall was Chris Candido, who apologized for not being able to put on a better show because too many guys were injured. I went to about three or four other ECW shows after that, but nothing totally gave me the inherent sense of danger than when I ro- when than when I uh, had to be pulled out of the way of an out of control ladder. Except for the time I almost got hit with a straight punch by one of the Dudleys about a year later. But that's another story for another time. Thank you, Dan, for that, because that was... Yeah. <laughs> what a great story. I'll gladly oh. take some weed. John Pee Wee Moore. <laughs> oh. That's awesome. Surely now we just refer to him as Pee Weed. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Woo! <laughs> so, um... Our next, um, our next episode of the show is going to be Heatwave '98, which you know, spoilers, not spoilers. It's an amazing show, and we're going to have a much better time, I think, uh, going through that all together. So, um, before we do so, of course, you know, um, please continue to go to What uh, Maneuvers uh, uh, merchandise store. What a maneuver! They're on Facebook, they're on Twitter. They've got a, a pretty damn good merchandise store full of shirts. Ours is one of them. You can go pick it up. It's got the classic New Blood Rising logo on it. Um, we're also on Facebook at New Blood Rising Pod or just New Blood Rising Podcast on Twitter at New Blood Rising or at, at New Blood Pod. Jesus, get all this shit mixed up. At New Blood Pod, I myself, I'm at William Rinkin eighty three. I'm at the Jason Kiesler. I'm at Bunny Suicida. I'm at C. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I go third. I'm at CM underscore stabs. <laughs> well, there you go. And Sorry, Martin. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah, I make him look like an idiot, but it was really me. I'm also on a quarter-second delay. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to drop? Any other plugs before we uh, shut it down? No, no, I'm, I'm being incredibly lethargic this time. I've got no, no, review, no reviews for the foreseeable. No problem. I'm currently, deci- currently deciding what I want to do with my life in January with regards to higher education. Okay, right on. All right, so... um. Then that closes the book here. Books here on Russell Palooza 98. We will see you guys again for Heat Wave 98.